Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Breaks. It's good to be with you this week. As you can see, I'm not actually in Hollywood. I'm actually uh, coming to you from New York City this week. So it's good to be outside doing some stuff, maskless. It's fun to be part of it. And Keith, I feel like you're just like the neighbor city away. <laughs> you could have just taken the train up here. Maybe because I am. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're just one train ride away from each other. We don't have to be. We're on the same coast. We haven't been on the same coast for like 15 months now, I believe. Oh, yeah. Good call. You know, I will be back in a couple of weeks. So we'll have to figure out if we can't do a live episode with the two of us in the same room at the same time. Well, I am fully vaxxed, so I can, I'm, I'm open to traveling. So, All right. We can get you on a train. And I, I do miss me some Amtrak. So, you know, and I got to check out that new arrival hall that they just opened uh, at Penn Station. So, Oh, yeah. I was wondering if that was open. I have a couple of little uh, Red Hat coupons I can give you so you can get Red Hat, Red Hat service. Oh, nice. I love it. Um, well, look, at there's a... There's some crazy stuff happening, obviously, as we have been recognizing this entire almost 40 episodes. I believe this is episode 39 right now yeah, happening and more and more things changing. I swear, like one of the first episodes we talked about was a merger. And this one, here it is again. This is like the beginning of some other kind of big crazy move with AT&T, Di- Discovery, Time Warner, all this stuff is just yet again another big shift taking place yeah i mean it's i hate to say it but it, it's de- depressing in a lot of ways because you know once something a big merger like this happened it sort of starts this fever i got a fever and the only it's not cowbell it's more mergers but uh you know it's not surprising in a lot of ways because at&t from the get-go kind of really didn't nail this and granted they did have the year and a half delay um, for, you know, from the federal government trying to stop it and the whole trial, which at this point looks like it was a complete farce because AT&T clearly wasn't able to become the dominating force that the government feared it would, um, just made matter of fact that they're kind of pulling out of the game altogether. Um, but it's depressing in the fact that this is just one more employer that's getting swallowed up and it's just going to be this, mad, you know, ginormous company um, run by some 60-year-old boomer who, you know, thinks he's going to change the world. And it's just going to be like, you know, one less company, one less opportunity for real creativity and real filmmakers to be discovered because it's just the continuation of the machine. And as they get bigger and bigger, there's not going to be more. I mean, I know that the spin is, oh, we're going to, because we have so many resources, Netflix is spending $15 billion on content. We're going to spend 20 It's like, well, that's great, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. Well, that's, I feel like this is like Wall Street really taking over Hollywood. Maybe that's why it's appropriate. I'm in New York City this week because it really just feels like a big Wall Street move. <laughs> it's not about um, you know the studio system, the content creation world, you know, making pop culture, changing culture through storytelling. The reasons why we all are driven to be part of this industry, it really feels like oh no, more money would be made if you know. Let's go hedge the system by. Um, you're shifting it from a technology-based system to some database system and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I think that takeover, if anything, is you're right. Like, not only are we losing one more employer, we're losing that, that employer concentration also kind of shifts things more to just more tech. And uh, like we pointed out last week where Disney Studios was referenced as Disney Content Studios, Really, uh, this even makes uh, Warner Brothers Studio into like Warner Brothers content. 
just like, oh, yeah, we have to have one of those studio pieces. Yeah, I mean, you could absolutely see, you know, I've heard from rumblings that Viacom CBS is starting to do something similar to what Disney's doing, which sort of like separating off the distribution component from the content component. And this could very much be sort of a step in that direction as well, where you sort of start with content hubs and then you break off the distribution component. Um, there's still a lot of questions in terms of what they're going to do with HBO Max versus Discovery Plus, how that's going to look. Is that Are they going to offer them together as one service? At the upfronts this past weekend, um, soon to be former head of <laughs> Warner Media, I'd imagine, Jason Kalar, announced that they are releasing a AVOD version of HBO Max for $9.99 a month or something like that. Um, so that may be a short-lived component and that might go away and it might be Discovery Plus because, I mean, there's so many shifting things that are going to have to happen here. And, you know, it, it kind of leaves the whole company in limbo and the whole company's kind of been in limbo, particularly in Warner, on the sort of the studio side, for going on almost five years now, like with the constant shifting you know, bosses. It almost reminds me a little bit of what was happening with Universal in the late 90s, early 2000s when they were just bouncing from one owner to another, from Seagram's to Vivendi to GE, you know, and now, you know, Comcast. So they, it's like they were just bouncing around. And it seems like Warner Brothers and Warner Media, former Time Warner, is still going through the same thing. It, it, to me, it just feels like they never really recovered from AOL, <laughs> that disastrous yeah. merger that just sort of broke the company. And, you know, you know, Parsons and Bukes spent their entire tenures, respectively, basically rebuilding from that disastrous merger. And it feels like they kind of got their footing a little bit. And then it's just sort of fell back down with AT&T. And now it's just like, what's next? I mean, who knows? When do they just give up? Like, when do they really say, like, oh, wait a second here, you know, what was once important to the world, these studios and studio system? The content creators were very insular, you know, very controlling group of people. They could determine what was on air, where it was going to be distributed, how it was going to be broadcast. And all of that, all the breakthroughs we have now that get content from, from individual to worldwide broadcast, you know, within an, within an hour on it, on, within one app on your phone, like with a TikTok on your phone, you almost wonder, like, when does it all just not matter anymore i mean referencing is just like oh it's like it's a place another place where we make content but it's not what we're about anymore i feel like uh the name almost like hbo sorry it what hbo max we, crit we criticize that a lot like warner brothers basically put their material on hbo max and now it's gonna be put on discovery plus i mean i feel like it's even going further down the food chain to like wow we're now we're talking about just a like cable network's name with a plus sign after it I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, a lot of the streamers are basically just like the basic cable revolution in the early, what was that, 90s, into the 2000s? And it's just these streamers are basically like the cable companies were. I mean, I think at a certain point, there's going to be a moment when it's just going to be, the whole system's going to be upended and everything's going to fall apart. I mean, I think we're already seeing that. Um, you see moments of people who still work in sort of the studio world starting to panic a little bit. Like there's a lot of panic happening. Um, they did their big screen is back program this past week at, at Century City. And it got like no press really other than in the trades. And I saw nothing. Nobody talked about it. They had J.J. Abrams. They rolled out Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about how important movies are. And the big screen is back. Woo! 
I'm like, okay, but did anybody talk about it? No. And, you know, we're still fighting over when you can wear a mask and when you can't wear a mask. And it's, there's a lot of things that still have to shift here. And I just think that at, at a certain point, there has to be a radical reinvention. And until that happens, they're just going to be sort of grasping onto the past. And, you know, everyone's like, streaming's the future, streaming's the future, let's go with streaming. And well, that has yet to be seen. I mean, uh, it's tough to say, like, whether or not the younger generation and the millennials and Gen Y, iGen, as they're also known, um, are going to, you know, want to go back to the theaters or whether or not they're just going to be happy sitting at home and then not really care. And then there's the problem that there's just so much out there that you can't watch all of it. There's just no way you can watch all the content that's currently out there right now that it's just at a certain point, there's going to have to either be like a pullback in terms of how much is being produced, or it just has to be a complete reinvention of how we digest content and what it looks like and, you know, how we go from there. You know, where it hit home for me this week was, um, I was on the phone with one of my clients and, you know, summarize it very simply, they were asked to make a series of TikTok videos. Um, but there was a very confusing part of the conversation of how do you, what's the budget going to be? Because in practical reality, most TikTok videos don't cost anything. They don't cost TikTok anything. You know, obviously brands, in this case, brand trying to do something on TikTok platform. But the thought of like, wow, it's just 10 seconds. It's really an iPhone. And by the way, the entire production pipeline is all done within one app you don't even need to move data from system to system to system to system you know so really what does a production company do you know isn't it just a teenager taking an eye and then change it because that's that's all they want they don't they just want tiktok they want to you know so there was a strategy needed or a creative approach needed to what are what's the story we're going to tell regardless of technology distribution or what have you the creative still has to come out and that's what they're being hired for. But there's this weird moment of like, Oh yeah, the production system, the studio system, even the, you know, the basic production um, methodology and technology that we used, all of that really kind of disappears from one generation to the other or one content creator to the other. I mean, it's fascinating. You make a great point because they're just trying to capture the magic of a TikTok video and a TikTok video is magical because it's just somebody in their house just making it and it just boom. Whereas all these brands are like, oh, we need TikTok because that's where our customers are. But they can smell that from a mile away. Yeah, They can smell advertising. They can smell any of that from a mile away. What they should be trying to do is engage with actual people and influencers and create sort of brand ambassadors to get excited about their brand and sort of do it more organically that way versus just calling a production company and say, hey, we need TikTok videos. But if you're an agency, that's what you do. If you're an agency, you've written a script, somebody has to make it. Yeah. And you're right. No one wants to repeat the Pepsi Jenner flaw of like, <laughs> oh, she's an influencer. So let's fake influence on a fake plot. You know, like, yeah, let's put her on a commercial drinking Pepsi because that'll drive everyone to buy Pepsi. Yeah, because it's so transparent and natural or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's hilarious because I'm just talking sort of about how sometimes there's a lot of panicking happening. I saw a spot on a show I was watching to go watch a trailer. And I was like, are, is this really what they're doing now? They're, they're spending money on a spot. Go watch the trailer now. And I'm like, 
really? That's what you're going to spend your media budget on? Like, here, the trailer's out. Go watch it. And I'm like, oh. Well, because the trailer's three minutes. And so that's a long attention span nowadays. So we have to advertise. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like, go watch our trailer. I mean, first it was like the five-second bumper, which has become a thing, where you like basically do a quick, because of the YouTube, you do a quick sizzle of the mo- of the, the, the of the trailer so people will hang around for the whole trailer versus just clicking out before the five second time uh, expires on a YouTube on a YouTube ad basically. Yeah. Um, and now they're actually advertising on TV. The trailer's out now. Go watch it. I'm like, really? Keith, one of my clients is making. This is not an evolution. This is like going backwards. Hey, go watch our advertisement after you watch this advertisement. I mean, <laughs> no, Keith, I have a client making a teaser for their teaser. Oh yeah. That's like, yeah. And you're like, what, what did you, but it's no, no, no. We have this influencer that tells people to go watch the teaser. Then then go that then watches the trailer. And then um, you watch the content. You're like, what is the game we're playing? Yeah. So that whole, I think the mechanisms that are in place, we're all trying to reinvent, try to understand them and how they fall in place. You know? So some of this, I think this, thing with AT&T, Discovery, Warner, all that stuff, it's asking some of those same questions. It's, it really is like, what are, where's the value nowadays? How do, how do people understand what, what is valuable, how to make it real? You know, who's going to watch it? Who gets paid along the way? You can imagine AT&T is a media company. They're going to be paid by data. Is anything they're doing helping generate data? I mean, that's a big part of it. And I think AT&T kind of came into it with this thought of like, we have all these people who have phones and we have direct TV and we have, you know, the, you know, communications down to a science. This is going to be like the perfect merger. And then it ended up like really not being that. I mean, it's, I think it's the oversimplification of what it takes to make something that's memorable to people. And, you know, when John Stanky got up and presented HBO Max, he, I mean, he was made fun of because it was basically like an NBA presentation. I mean, this was basically HBO Max, the launch, and everything was put together more or less by NBA guys and guys. That's right. They they looked at decks and they're like, look at see, this is the quadrant and the you know functionality and marketing and all right. Like, okay, yeah, maybe Wall Street cares about that, but you know the people on the ground actually making the content, they, they're not going to be able to splice heads or tails of that and. You know, it just, he tried to overwhelm the industry with sort of all the data that we have at our fingertips. And that's what's going to really make this work. And it ended up being sort of like a butting of heads. And he lost a lot of talented creatives because they're like, oh, screw this. I'm not doing this. This is not how I operate. Right. Now, I think there was a lot of belt tightening that was necessary because Warner Brothers has been known to spend like drunken sailors. (laughs) And I think some of that, you know, um, more rigorous budgeting, um, I think is going to help them in the long run. Um, but I think, you know, the company itself is just a battered entity right now. And uh, who knows when discovery comes on and, uh, the CEO of discovery takes over and the new company and what's that going to look like. And everyone's going to be like, well, who's going to be my boss. I don't know who my boss is anymore. I just got, went through a reorg, now I got to go through another rework. <laughs> yeah, the burnout, let's say the, the career trajectory for the people, the burnout is real. And they're not the only one, right? I mean, the MGM Amazon conversation that seems to be picking up, yep. being more realistic, like that's another replacement. They're going to find the efficiencies, 
cut things back. And again, I feel like that just takes MGM, really moves them to the content creation space. And we have the platform, Amazon or Prime specifically, Prime trying to find more for their library. I mean, it's a matter of, you know, they want the library. That's what Amazon wants. Um, I mean, listen, I, I don't, I mean, if I worked at MGM right now, I'd be getting my resume in shape because I don't know how many of those people are going to survive when Amazon swallows them up because Amazon's got an entire studio infrastructure that they spent years building. And I don't think they're going to chuck it because, you know, you've got a bunch of people from MGM coming over. Um, so again, that's another employer swallowed up by this giant, you know, this, this merger mania and these tech overlords coming in and just saying, okay, we're going to, this is how we're going to reinvent the wheel. We're just going to buy you and just throw you up on our platform. Fingers crossed. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to see. I think there's definitely some opportunities that are going to come of all of this. As I've said, and it's sort of the theme of our podcast, I'm a lot of ways happy about all of this because the studio system has been ungodly frustrating for anyone who starts sort of, you know, the bottom and works their way up because it's slow to change. The same people have been in charge for 30 years. And, you know, now is the time for some reinvention, reinvent the wheel. But Unfortunately, with all these mergers, you still kind of have the same people at the top. So until that really starts to change, you're not going to see a lot of, you know, major changes in direction or how content's produced. But hopefully there will be some more smaller upstart companies that start popping up because there will be opportunities. And with a lot of these people out of work, they're going to be looking like, oh, well, hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah. And that's a question I want to ask, right? So you have, you know, the the Discovery Plus deal happening. We have the Amazon um, MGM deal happening. As you and I speculate, we have the Apple Sony deal potentially not yet being talked about. But we're I and mean, we promise we don't know anything. We're just can read some tea leaves of yeah. There's a reality of what what Apple needs to do and what Sony needs to do that has to be playing itself out there. So I want to ask the question: like, what then is going to be the new reality? Because my hope is, is that people are listening to the podcast also know for certain we need them. You know, they're going to be creative. They're going to be understood. They're going to know things and evolve technology in a certain way. They're going to take the technology and do unique, creative uh, look and feel and aspects to it that nobody else can do without that kind of creative fingerprint that each person has. So it's not, you know, sure, they're, the studio structure, the the white collar part of the of the situation is all changing. The marketing and marketing aspects and strategy is changing, but we still need those creators. And we still want the unique individual telling that unique story. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think that's where, you know, it's all going to shift and we'll see where it lands. Like, we don't know if, you know, if all the theaters are going to survive. I think in the next couple of weeks with Quiet Place 2 and Fast and Furious 9, I think we'll really start to see the appetite for people to go back to the theaters. But even if, they do have a relatively robust opening weekend. That's still not going to solve the underlying issue, which is that there are a lot of people who don't really want to go back to the way things were. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking for new ways to do things. And will a Disney or an NBC Universal swoop in and buy a theater chain and, you know, turn it into a different experience? And will that drop more people back? I mean, it's just there's a lot of things that are happening right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that all sort of settles out. You know, and who knows what the next merger will be? I mean, Comcast is sniffing around. Comcast apparently was sniffing around at, on Time Warner Media. 
but AT&T passed. So, I, I mean, I'm sure Brian Roberts is still sort of look, taking a look at the landscape and figuring out what his next move is because this is what happens. It starts, you know, I, you know, as I said last week, Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch took a look at the landscape and said, I can't compete with Apple, Netflix, and Amazon unless I get bigger. So he calls Jeff Bukes. Can we merge? Jeff Bukes says no. And he's like, fine. Bob Iger, <laughs> can we merge? Bob Iger's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then look, you know, and then it just, just sort of starts it. And now all of a sudden, like, okay, we got to get bigger if we're going to compete. We have to get bigger. And, and unfortunately, that's just sort of the nuts and bolts reaction to how this this system works. Um, you know, it would be nice to see someone sort of refocus and be like, let's reinvent the wheel. Let's start something new. Let's try this. Let's try that. Um, you know, because this is the opportunity to try those things. And you don't have to spend a ton of money to try it. Just give it a whirl. But, you know, I, I just think there's there's just so little appetite to try things and fail that I think we're the, the, the immediate gut reaction is like, okay, let's just try to get bigger. Let's go swallow up another company so we can have their library. Because it's not about necessarily about the people per se. It's about the library. Like, I want that library. Like, you take, like, Sony, Sony for example. Comcast really doesn't have a reason for Sony because they already have a movie studio, but Sony has Marvel. They have Marvel titles. More importantly, they have Spider-Man. So, like, ooh, Universal could be like, ooh, we could get in that game or, like, you know, that kind of thing. But who knows? I mean, I wish it was more about the people because <laughs> so many people wouldn't lose their jobs. It will be about the people eventually, right? So um, that idea that the middle class is shifting and there is going to be, we'll say, the content creators, uh, the people that are just basically willing to take a camera, shoot anything, post on, on social media and keep that distraction media happening. That is part of the consumer economy we live in right now. And then you have the Wall Street you know, controllers that are asking for a certain kind of data. So I'd say like there's a, that opportunity for the new middle class um, of the, the specific storytellers, the creators in a certain way that are somewhat agnostic, studio agnostic, platform agnostic, um, even genre agnostic, maybe, you know, because that's a lot of that social media opportunity allows you to be genre agnostic. You can just turn a camera and do something different. Um, but I look at the Predator poster behind you and I say, but we still, there are still moments like that that we want to consume yeah. as yeah. buyers, and it can't all just be in the Marvel Universe. So someone has to be creating new characters, new opportunity that's there. So yeah, I I, I could it, it's like an, I can begin to see what the new reality looks like, and uh, can almost touch you know what some of the strategy needs to be in place. I know with you with your clients, they're asking you these same questions specifically, like how do I take this project in marketing? How do I differentiate myself from others in the marketing place and employ these new tools? Because you with your strategy that you give your clients, you're employing all these new tools to be part of the storyline. You're, you're telling the story sooner than waiting for the whole thing to be shot and cut like you did back in the Fox days. So there are exciting aspects to what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's sort of what's exciting about what some of the clients that I deal with. They're very much open to trying new things and they want to, and they know they have to adapt. I mean, that's the thing that's sort of exciting about this newer generation that's sort of rising up in sort of the content creation spaces. They recognize that the old ways are dead and are not working. I don't want to say dead, but they have to adapt and they have to try something new. 
and they have to be open to that. And that's kind of exciting for me as sort of their, you know, consultant helping them guide through that because I've wanted to try different things. And I was always kind of rebuffed because it was like, no, this is how we do it. We have to do the $30 million media spend or whatever it happens to be. We have to do our TV campaign. And I was always like the one like, why don't we have anyone on set now? We're shooting the movie. Give the actors phones. Like, let's try something new. Give them cameras. Let them shoot it. So what if they see behind the scenes? Everyone loves to peek behind the curtain. You know, it's it's not, it, we don't have to be so sacred with it. Like, it, yeah. bring the audience in. You, you bring them in, you make them your sort of like champions, and then you just kind of let the, the, the thing work itself that way versus just being so protective of it and then like running a spot saying, go watch our trailer now, which to me is just. Or so prescribed. Like, we already bought all this media time from the network. We have to fill it with something. So we have to we have to make teasers to fulfill the POs that we put out there for a year and a half ago. So you're stuck really perpetuating your old system. And you're you're right, you're breaking through. You're saying, hey, you're not you don't have the obligations as a large studio that already prescribed all of the marketing material before the film was even started. Right. You can start something new. That goes to all the people kind of who, you know, there are a lot of people who are at the top who that's just what they know and that's what they've done and that's what they trust and their bosses, that's what they know and that's what they trust. So that's what they just keep doing. Yeah. Um, so again, like in two weeks, we'll see if like the old ways of like sending John Krasinski on a road tour, going to pop into theaters to say, hey, thanks for coming out. Whether or not all those old tricks, whether or not they still work. And maybe they do. I, I mean, I don't necessarily think they do, but... Yeah. Maybe people are so desperate to get back into a theater that that stuff still works. Um, but I'm not necessarily sold on that, especially given what we talked about last week about sort of the death of celebrity. Like, I, that's not going to convince me to go to a movie because John Krasinski might show up at my theater. Yeah. Anyway. So much to cover. You know what I love about this conversation? It just reminds me of uh, where, where this whole podcast started. We'd jump on a phone call, yeah. recognize something has happened, <laughs> and uh, we'd share the experience our clients were having and say, and I was calling you for strategy. We were talking. You were calling me for strategy. Not usually. I was usually calling you for strategy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give yourself a little credit, Tim. But you needed a you needed a sounding board for your strategy. Let's say it more like that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's better. <laughs> but uh, really, opportunity to process it and and you know just get it out loud. Like we want people to know that you're not the only one wondering, not the only one thinking. We care about you. There's some amazing stuff happening. But Hollywood is breaking. Yeah. Uh, and that's the break. So, uh, hey, it's episode 39. It's great to be getting uh, the next episode, episode 40. I know. Still chugging along. I love it. And we have a guest <laughs> coming up next week, right? Yes. Uh, I, well, I should say, because I did promote this guest last week. Um, so we are having um, the head of uh, SVP of research at Lionsgate, Tim Heindel, buddy of mine from Fox, who was supposed to join us this week. Unfortunately, he got meeting bombed. Um, uh yesterday so uh as anyone who works in the industry know how that goes so we had to reschedule so he will be joining us on the fourth uh but next week we have um brand content guru michelle marks uh joining us and that should be a very exciting conversation because she is a very forward-thinking executive in terms of how you engage with your audience so that should be a very uh uh eye-opening and um uh, great conversation yeah i'm so looking forward to michelle it's gonna be really great well, thank you, my friend. It's great to be with you today. Um, again, Lydia, we couldn't do this without you. We know there's a whole team of people that you're close to in Moldova making this happen, especially the Ghost Social team. Thank you to all of you for helping us out there. Connor, thanks for the research, keeping us on track, um, giving us information we need to. 
And uh, we just want to thank you also, the audience, for being part of this. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Uh, you can always find us on social media. There's constant conversations going on there. We'd love to hear more about you. And until next week, really, we'll uh, see you on Hollywood Breaks. Good to see you, Keith. See you next week.